Welcome to the Alien Probe Podcast. Dr. Michael P. Masters, a professor of biological anthropology, specializing in human evolutionary anatomy, archaeology, and biomedicine, explores how the persistence of long-term biological and cultural trends in human evolution may ultimately result in us becoming the ones piloting these disc-shaped craft, which are likely the very devices that allow our future progeny to venture backward across the landscape of time. This from the book Identified Flying Objects. I'm Doug. It's September 10th, 2022. Joined today again by Dr. Bill. Bill, hey. what do you think about, what are you thinking? Or is it us? I sent you another alien video yeah. that said he was from the future. Where was his clothes? But you said it was fact. You said he was fake. <laughs> I didn't say it was fake. I said, where was his clothes? Oh, no, the guy at work said he was fake. I showed it to him. He goes, that's fake. He's that's the fake. guy that sent a Skinny Bob. Skinny Bob is real. Skinny Bob is real. Did Skinny, Skinny Bob, Bob is real. was Skinny Bob wearing clothes? I think he had a little uniform on. They yeah, usually have well, a little uniform. Yeah. I mean, you know. but that, that other one, it's like, where was the guy's clothes? Like, they're interviewing the, the space alien, and he's got no clothes on. It's like, I am from the future, and we everyone is naked. We don't need clothes. We don't need we don't clothes. Have I, any genitalia to cover up. Yeah, no genitalia. <laughs> I don't eat food. I don't breathe air. Those, um, it, is, it is scary. I sent you a picture of, you know, what we're becoming. We won't really discuss that, what it is, but... Mm -hmm. I did send you that I, I that's another one of my things that I think is happening that's going to be changing. They made a know. movie. They made a movie about that. Is I, Elon Musk is he autistic? Yes. And there was somebody else somebody said, "Yeah, Elon Musk and some other genius is mildly mildly autistic." Yeah, and, and he's said, um, yeah, that could be the future. He's impregnating women and having them do um fertility treatment so he has lots and lots yeah. of children he doesn't do you know ivf what is it IVF. he does uh his first wife did a lot of did took drugs and then had like lots of ch children like lots of twins and stuff and then he um did something with one of his um employees recently and she had i think a couple kids or something it's just crazy stuff oh my god really yeah yeah He's doing a podcast now. It's doing or a um, it's SpaceX thing. I saw it online where he's being interviewed and they're talking about uh, the upcoming uh, moon launch and st stuff like that. Oh no, kidding! Yeah, so I watched like two it, minute two minutes of it. I mean, it was it was fascinating, so fascinating that I'm like, okay, I have other things to do. Why didn't he design the? Uh rocket that we're seeing the moon uh, they, it doesn't seem like these guys have their act together they were basically complaining about it all right so i went through i get i'm on the uh, nasa news release which anybody yeah. can sign up for so i get the their news releases and i've been cluing into their um press conference over the launching of artemis yes and then i saw a um article where a guy was talking about sort of the issues that they're having currently having well part of the problem with the artemis mission as compared with spacex and i think they were this is what musk and his uh, other people were talking about is the um spacex uses liquid methane and oxygen and liquid methane is a lot easier to uh, to deal with than liquid hydrogen and the artemis sls system which there's some funny it was like space launch system sls i don't know what it is yeah, yeah. uh some someone else was making fun of it and they had a funny acronym for it i can't remember space launch <laughs> something um they're using hydrogen which is a more efficient fuel but it's a lot harder to handle and this they were required when they got the financial go-ahead by congress to build the the artemis moon mission in the bill they were required to use s uh, shuttle parts so they're using the shuttle engines which are are will require hydrogen so they have to use they are mandated to use hydrogen 
apparently uh, hydrogen was a, a it's hard to work with it caused lots of delays with the shuttle program and they're locked into it by congress to use this fuel oh so we just can't <laughs> we just have what do we have to use surplus parts that yeah the that's or? what they're doing and the um the shuttle engines are 45 years old the design's 45 years old so if you look at the sls system it's got the booster rockets like the shuttle and the basic lower the basic lower stage is the uh, shuttle launch system with an extra motor they added four instead of three they had the two booster rockets and then the whole configuration is the shuttle configuration except i think they made it thinner and taller but i'm not sure and then they stuck basically stuck the rest of the uh, rocket parts on top of the tank instead of strapping a shuttle to it so what they're launching they're using basically the same system as the shuttle system Are you frozen? You're frozen. All right. Doug is frozen. I'm going to pause. Okay, we're back. So anyway, I was talking about the SLS system and how the um, Artemis rocket launch system is required to use space shuttle technology and to recycle a lot of the equipment. And that's uh, surplus, surplus stuff. Yeah, surplus. Forty-five year old rocket engines. It's uh, basically they've taken the shuttle, added an extra engine to the bottom of it, and then stuck a new rocket on the top of it. And I, I, I don't know why, why because we had them around. Ah, we just got to use them somewhere. It's it's the <laughs> it's the let's use it for a rocket launch. It's the military industrial launch. complex. I think it was. Um, it's, I don't know what the logic is behind it, but I'm going to assume the worst case scenario in that it's um, the defense contractors and the rocket things. It's just to maintain, they're American businesses, so it's just to main, make sure that those, uh, I, which they would do anyway, but to make sure that those companies still get the piece of the pie. And I mean, everything, the system works, the booster rockets, the engines and everything works, but it's there's a reason that SpaceX isn't using hydrogen and using uh, methane instead. Well, like it's, I said, I don't know why SpaceX isn't, they just didn't, I, I know they're using all their surplus parts and things. And American people are working on things, but it yeah. just makes, it doesn't make sense to use not the latest technology. Yeah, and SpaceX is the latest technology. Yeah. Yeah. So, he knows what he's doing, yeah. obviously. And they have well, the, you know, he, he has to have rockets go out and to the gantry or whatever, and then sit there and then have to fix leaks. Maybe he does, and we just don't hear about it. I don't know. It's they're pretty open. I mean, there's these groups that uh, on YouTube that film. There's a couple different groups that that go out there and are constantly filming um, the Bakarakom uh, space complex. They're always watching and and interviewing it. And Musk has been very open with them. So anything that SpaceX does, we're not, they're not hiding anything. I don't know the efficiency comparisons between their engines and the SpaceX engines. And I haven't looked at that, so I don't know. But hydrogen's hard to work with. They're, they have to work with these antiquated shuttle components because they're mandated by Congress. And they, um, they're supposed to launch, I think, on the 23rd is the latest thing they said they were going to go on the 23rd uh there's a guy I, I couldn't find his video but i saw a description of it there's a guy that's really into um the space program and knows a lot about it i can't remember his name off the top of my head but he actually put a video out saying that he doesn't even think that it's going to get off the ground oh, he, yeah maybe they should put a member of congress in the you know in the in the, in the capsule the, for the S test launch, if he thinks that, you know, we need to use surplus parts, well, that's fine. Yeah. Here. You and two others can go up there and you can be the test dummies. You're the surplus. You, you're, you're so, you know, sure that these things are going to work out. Now, now I see why we're doing like two test launches, right? I'm just uh, it's, sure. Well, it's uh, the first launch is the test to test everything. And then this next two will be manned. So, but yeah, we'll oh. see. I mean. The t Artemis two and Artemis three will be land will be manned, and Artemis three is supposed to land a um, person of color and a woman on the moon, okay. maybe both. So awesome! So 
Um, you know, it's just I thought the next one was a test also. I didn't know that we were doing it's a crude it'll be a crude test. There'll be there'll be there'll be astronauts yeah. on the next one. It's not yeah, going but to but they won't land on the moon. No. They'll probably do what this one is supposed to do. I'm not and sure then only with people in it. Yeah, I'm not sure what the right. exact uh mission parameters are for the um for the next one, but they the next two will be manned. So yeah, okay. it's so we'll see if they um all they, all they got to do is load the hydrogen on the sucker and let it go. Um and that's been a big problem. But it this is for the, Huh? It worked for the it worked for the Hindenburg. Why shouldn't yeah. it work for this? Well, and then um at during the news conference they had the um Bill Nelson who was an astronaut and he's uh was a senator and now he's the head of NASA. He was saying that when he was on the the shuttle mission that he was on, there was four delays and it was it was all like from what i gather i'm not 100 percent sure it was all hydrogen it's it's all dealing with the hydrogen just seems dangerous it is dangerous know. it's, it's i mean dangerous. it's all dangerous even must stuff's dangerous but i mean it seems exceedingly dangerous to use hydrogen and it, 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 to the point where well it's just i don't know early make sense to me. early testing with the musk rockets there was a lot of blow-ups i mean yeah they blew up and they had problems and they just kept going. Um, but the, it, like I said, it's a shuttle. Basically, they're reusing the shuttle systems. They know these systems. Um, the problem is, is that when did the shuttle stop flying in the early 90s or something? So um, you lost, you lose all sort of the technical, you lose all the technical expertise from the people that worked on the, the sh shuttles. Because they, you know, they age out and they move on to other jobs. So everybody's got to relearn everything. In this last launch, they had, they were doing a manual pressurization of the fuel system and they ran it over pressure to 60 pounds. It's not supposed to go higher than 20. And because they're doing a manual pressurization, somebody threw the wrong valve, pressurized it to 20, 60 pounds. And it looks like that damaged the um, the seal for the 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 gas tank coupling for the hydrogen. And oh. yeah, so it was it was manual error, which they're not talking a lot about. It was manual error, and they're learning how how to handle to learning again how to handle these these hydrogen systems for these launch you think systems. Kind of a you know, if you go over pressure, you think kind of a light would go on or something. You know, it so did. The over pressure was only for. I want to say two minutes, according to the press conference. So the, oh, okay. the overpressure was maybe two minutes, maybe less, but it's liquid hydrogen. And so it's just like you overpressure on those seals, it compresses. The seals are, um, remember the, the just, shuttle disaster with the O-rings yeah. compressing because yeah. of the temperature? So yeah. they did an overpressure. The seals hit that high temperature and compress. And then when they drop the pressure, you got a you got a compressed seal ring that won't uncompress now or forever, and uh, you got a permanent leak. And they are limited to, I want to say four or nine percent atmospheric hydrogen. I guess around the um, fueling system percentage. Otherwise, you're going to have a system that can go Hindenburg on them. Oh, well, again light goes over 20 the light comes on stop yeah. turn it off yeah i don't get the, <laughs> I, they I don't that. understand they, they did that it, but it's automated system so it's some somebody turned a valve and then the light came on and it's like oh crap and then they turned the valve off they said it was like 60 yeah it's, yeah but it immediately went to 60 i guess they turned yeah know. they turned the valve they, but it they, probably just shot up to 60 yeah they, they i don't know we they, don't know they provided yeah. no information they just said it was an overpressure they discovered it they turned yeah. it they dealt with it within a few minutes it that valve might have been on for for a half hour they they have not clarified any of the details Kind of sounds like two monkeys fucking a football. I'm sorry. It is. Well, they're lear they're learning the system. Like I said, this one guy. As we go, and this is not a thing you need to learn on the on the job training. Well, it's like this one guy. I'll try and find the video and look at it. And he's he's somebody who's followed uh, the space missions for decades, and he yeah. he 
I just saw a description of it. I looked for the video. I couldn't find it. I know it's out there. I will look for it. He was saying it. He felt that there was a good chance that they'll never even get this thing off the ground because of the problems. That's interesting. Yeah. And, and I am, I'm thinking he might be correct. <laughs> this is just not, they might fix it, but now I'm concerned because even if they fix it, it's like, okay, well, it's good enough. <laughs> it's well, some other things going to mess up and you know, kill people. Yeah. Which, I don't think, I don't know. think that's going to happen. I think they're going to get a launch out of it. I'm pretty, I'm, I feel that there's a good chance they're going to get that launch going on the 23rd or 26th. So it'll be soon enough. So that's when we're doing it. Yeah. So um, what's the over under? Oh, we think God. Well, it's going to be a success. Success. I'm saying 50 50 at this point. 50 50. 50 50 that they launch. Um, what's the uh, destruction factor? That's that's the won't make it to space factor. I would say space in one piece factor. Thirty to seventy. There's a thirty percent chance that it blows up after launch. I think there's probably you could probably go to Tahoe and probably get some odds on this. I'm sure there are. I I I fully expect the uh, I fully expect that there's a high probability that the a reasonable. And high, I mean, like thirty percent. I fully expect that there's yeah. a good chance that it's going to blow up during launch. <laughs> so you were pretty positive a couple of minutes ago. Now you're kind of like, eh, I don't no, think I, I, I think it's fifty-fifty that they'll have a successful launch, and I think there's a thirty percent chance that it's actually going to blow up after launch. Yeah. So it's a seventy percent, seventy percent, seventy percent chance that it's going to have a successful mission. And a fifty percent chance that they're actually going to get it off the ground. Those are my odds. Okay. I say they're going to make it to space, but not in one piece. <laughs> what do you mean? So how, how do you make it to space? I'm saying pieces? seventy thirty. I'm going to go seventy thirty. We could. We're going to have to reflect 70, on this. Seventy percent. Seventy percent. Seventy thirty. Yeah, I'm not, not, confidence is not high after we can't fix the leak, sir. Oh, uh, they're <laughs> fixing the they're, they're, they're fixing the leak. They're they're. They've, uh, they, they're, moving it, they're, they're moving it bad. To, they're not back moving to... it back. It's staying on the pad and they're changing the, the O-rings on the uh, fuel system that were damaged because of the overpressure. I'm visiting this giant floor jack. <laughs> well, I mean, the, the fueling, the fueling yeah. line for the uh, hydrogen tank is, is like two thirds of the way up the, the, yeah. the rocket so, so they have to they had to build an enclosure they had to do a um you know, you know yeah. and then they got to get people in there and they got to uncouple the um the fueling system and then they got to put a protective cover over the the fuel tank oh then they got to they got to purge the fuel tank with nitrogen fill it with nitrogen so it's it doesn't get damaged or have moisture in there, which will cause damage. And then they have to um, put a protective cover over the fueling port while they change out the, the O-rings for the docking, the fuel docking mechanism. But they said they're going to try for, they're going to shoot for the 23rd or the 26th for a launch. Awesome. So we'll see. So you're saying 70% you think it's, it, the mission's going to fail. No, it'll get, it'll get off the pad, but it's, it's going to explode. 70%. You're saying 70%. 70, 30, yeah. 70, 30. And 70, I'm, 30. And yeah. I'm doing 30, 70. <laughs> so, okay. Yeah. Okay, Pollyanna. It, I, you're the one who's saying it's 70, 30. I'm 30, 70. 70, 30. No, I'm uh, sorry. 30, 70, 30, it's not going to make it. So, you know. You're saying 70%. You're saying 70% 70 chance, chance it's a failure. Not make I'm it. saying there's a 30% yeah. chance it's going to be a yeah. failure. So I'm so, saying it's not. You so know, you're looking, you're looking a little, fa and 30%, that's pretty good. I mean, yeah. Failure chance, and you're a 70% failure. Okay. Yeah, 70% failure. It's so not going to make it. You're I'm the glad this is going to happen without people on it, and hopefully won't land on my sister's house. Yeah, it'll be out to sea. <laughs> you're, uh, you're the Pollyanna. On this I don't one. know. I'm not, at, at I'm, not I'm not. I'm not looking at things through rose-colored glasses. At seven, is that what Pollyanna does? I don't even know who Pollyanna no, is. Pollyanna is like she's. Oh, everything's okay. Oh, okay. I thought it was just yeah, the opposite. I'm thinking. Of, I'm thinking of uh, Cassandra, maybe the one that would open yeah. a box and all the stuff would come out. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, should we get on to Roswell, the final yes. verdict? Which it was. It gets better every episode. I'm glad we're watching this. I yeah. mean, it's 
they're in Hangar 84 now. I mean, everything's in Hangar 84. Hangar 84. Um, yeah. And, um, you know, they who went in there? Private Bellazar. Private Elsa's. Bellazar. Benendez. Bellazar. Is it Bellazar? No, it's ben, Private ben, Azizar Benendez. Elizar. He was the guard. Benar. He was private. He was a private. Benarides? Benendez. Benendez. My crayon may. Uh, no, I'm. Bad, I'm. Um, my handwriting. I can't read. You can look it up. I'm looking it yeah. up. Uh, and it was on July 8th, and he uh, experienced. He went near the um, door of the hangar, and he said it had a really bad smell, like rotting. I mean, he didn't really explain. He just said the smell. Yeah. Was bad. And, yeah. All right. He's not in that book. So I'm not. Ezazar. He's got like an interesting name, like Ezazar Benidas. Eliazar, Eliazar, Benendez. Eliazar. Looking yeah. at the looking in the Roswell yeah. books. See if there's anything. Get his name right. Yeah, it's not like we So he was a he was a guard. Yeah. He was a guard that was assigned to the hangar fifty hangar eighty four. Yeah. Hangar fifty four, yeah. where are you? And... Yep, and then we've got um We've got him, and he was interviewed. Um, He's not in any of these books. Yeah, it was interesting. Um, I've never heard the story of Howard yeah. before either. It was interesting. Yeah, he's but they in did the they they did the thing with his you know lie detector grids on his face, and they determined that he was telling the truth. Was it him telling the truth or his oh. someone else? Um, I think it was him because I don't. I didn't write down that it was somebody else. Saw several uh, stretchers. Saw once alive. Did not look. Oh yeah, yeah. So they he was. Oh, he said one of them was still alive. Yeah, he too. said one of them was still moving. I'm actually looking for yeah, that. Was true when they put the grids on his face. That one was also true. Here we go. So, you know. You can look in the. I'm looking in the bibliography of your. Well, I'm looking. I've looked at the uh, UFO crash at Roswell, the truth about the UFO crash at Roswell, the crash at Corona, and now I'm looking in the uh, UFO encyclopedia book, Encyclopedia of the Extraterrestrial. Um, Looking for this guy's name. Yeah, well, it starts as a czar. what I was writing with when I wrote this as is our Benedis. Okay. We need to probably move on. Move on. So Joseph move, Montoya was the future on. senator that moved. He was a, there's went in there and he said that, you know, huh. okay. He doesn't exist. Strange materials. Yeah. That never happened. Strange material. And yeah. it looked like evidence. He saw it all spread out on the floor. Like it's a crate, you know, how we'll try to reap. I don't know how they could even do it with the stuff they had, but that's they actually reduced it. Well, yeah, they're, they're, they're doing that. But yeah, I'm, I'm just wondering how a Lieutenant governor would just sort of wander into the place. It's sort of a weird, because I'm the, lieutenant, yeah. I'm the Lieutenant governor. Let's uh, just let me in and walk around. Okay. So in his driver, they interviewed his driver. I, you know, I actually like that. I think that makes this, that part of the story more believable. Yeah, because the because he said the guy said it was there was a plane without wings. I guess they they put the saucer that was semi intact in there along with the debris field um, remnants on the floor of the hangar, and then the the driver Pete Fineya, um, uh, he when he was interviewed, he said that the the uh, senator um, said that there was move that the the extraterrestrial beings or the future people from back then, the future people um were living one was living and then he was false he was shown to be that part of his which statement proved to be false which part was which part was false that he there was a living then one of them was living oh yeah the uh and that seems to be it's interesting false, says that second was hand second hand that, that was, the guy was lying that was that also was false from the kid 
seen the um, intact where they discover the intact um, they discover the intact saucer and they also the guy his uncle or whoever also proved false that he saw one of the aliens sitting there you know and that it was that part was false on that one too so the, the live alien extraterrestrial uh portion future. of the story future seems to be future a, human a person from the future human that is back in the present seems to be not you know not proving out to be you know proving out to be true now i mean how do you could survive a crash like that because that one the one with the semi-intact saucer maybe you know but well, the yeah, one the... that debris was like the thing exploded that would be kind of, uh, you know, the, more um, difficult. To... The, the story, or that, as far as I understand, is that the the it, the debris was was from the saucer that crashed. It's just like it crashed, and I guess part of it broke off, maybe, or there was a second one. I, I don't know. We um, a sec there was two. There was two, and one was just... yeah, because the debris field wasn't it. It was a. They say it wasn't part. There was too much of it. Okay. So one was, be, just, one was just one was just a like a plane crash. It was just debris, yeah. and the second one was a partial partial yeah, crash. It was like I'd like to say it was like eight. The second crash was at least eight miles away or something. It was pretty far. Yeah, so I don't know. Maybe it skipped. They said it skipped, so maybe it skipped and tore off. Of, you're right. And now that you mentioned that, maybe I it was. I, I think it's more like the single saucer. I think it's more likely that there was two crashes. Yeah, but, but did they find any bodies at the scene of the, the, the second one, primary no, the, crash site? No. And that's interesting that no. they didn't. You know, now the again, now that you mentioned that, maybe that was just a part of the second because we're seeing reenactment stuff. Yeah. We don't know all... what the second saucer really looked like. Or was the second saucer part of the first debris field that was found initially? Uh, a week before, you know, a whole week before. And um because there's no bodies, so it's on like okay, yeah. On the first one, it was just off. unusual debris, which is what um, the whole story is. And this, though, like like in this one, I don't. I should have done this beforehand. Is looked for some of these names, but I just assume these things would be in these books. Yeah, I'm not a pretty good job. I'm not seeing. Um, I don't doubt the uh, the show, but I'm not seeing anything about this private. Yeah. Um in the books that I have, but I like his testimony. So we'll see what's going on with that. I guess they, they must've documented that he was actually a, um, they verified, verified that he was, that he was, indeed, was, was there, there stationed there. The Lieutenant governor is weird. And that's just a, that's a strange story, but I do like the part. Cause if you have your own driver and stuff, you're probably, your driver's going to know everything that's going on. And if you saw something really weird, you would come back to the car and you would talk about it. Yeah. So. Yeah, it would be interesting. The next thing was Captain Henderson was the pilot. He was part of the Green Hornets in the World War II. Yeah. I think they were a transport company. Um, we had a top secret clearance for some reason. I don't know why he. Um, I don't know. I don't know why the pilot had a top you know, know, but he um, saw the people. He, for some reason, went to the hangar as well and saw that the real, you know, they were real, you know, they were little people. Little people. And, um, you know, his daughter on this one, his daughter was. Um, that I felt was good. You know, that I felt was good testimony with his daughter and his wife. Um, yeah, and the the way that they laid it out, and the way that she says that it happened, made a lot of sense because she's going, "Oh, I guess if they're talking about this in the papers, I can talk about this now." Yeah, and I felt even without the um, AI stuff, which I think is just a gimmick, the daughter and the wife's testimony was very uh, compelling and seemed genuine and honest to me. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, Captain Oliver Wendell Pappy Henderson. Green Hornet. Yeah. Happy. Happy. Like Pappy. Happy. Pappy. Happy. 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 Not Pappy. Pappy. No, it was Pappy. You're thinking. 
No, it was happy. Happy. Like happy. Happy. I stopped it. I stopped and I read it on the screen. It was pappy. I don't know. I don't yeah, pappy. Know. I watch it again. It was pappy. Like pappy. Pappy Boyington. It was like I pappy. wrote a smiley face right on the board. Yeah, it's pappy. That was his nickname. Happy Henderson. Well, maybe it was. I don't know. Happy I'd have to go back and look. Okay. Happy. So he happy, happy would make more sense. It fits his name. Happy Henderson. So he piloted the transport to uh, bring the debris where, Bill? Where did they bring it? Uh, Area 51. No, no, they didn't, Bill. <laughs> they went to right field. They right, Patterson. Right and field. there's nothing at Wright Patterson these days. I can guarantee that. It's like area. It's really. like Area 51. There's nothing at Area 51 anymore. Yeah. And well, we're gonna later on. Hopefully, we'll have time. We don't mess around too much. We'll talk about the new Area 51 the part that you actually visited. Yeah, been there. Spent a month there. Which was, was did okay. Well, we'll get to yeah. that part. So anyway, um, I can only talk to right field. I have to disguise now, myself if I talk about it. Well, to Marcel. Now we're back to Marcel. This story is every as we get further and further into this the Roswell situation. I feel worse for Marcel every i literally feel worse for marcel every time it comes yeah. about you know yeah because he flies to he goes to meet general Ray, ramey calls for him yeah at fourth Worth, fort worth texas he flies out he's thinking that you know ramey's gonna acknowledge what he's found and you know what he's you know what he's run across and you know it's gonna go worldwide he's gonna be you know, his name will be up in lights and Ramey tells him, you don't know anything. Shut, it was keep, a weather balloon. Keep your mouth shut. <laughs> keep your mouth keep shut. Your mouth and they shut. did interview. Who did they interview that's confirmed that keep your mouth shut? It was a weather guy, Irving Newton. Yeah. Um, he, so, I mean, and, I'll, and that, that that's just the weather guy looking at it going, oh, it's just weather crap. Yeah, the but, weather yeah. guy just, well, the weather guy just but, said, they just acknowledged well, the, 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 debris, the debris that they brought out, which yeah. wasn't really the debris from the the debris that was there was obviously just a weather weather balloon, and it just made um, Marcel look like an idiot. And he just said, "I was told to keep my mouth shut," and yeah. I, he didn't even seem. And they did the AI thing with him too, which all the things that he said turned out to be true, of course. And he just said, "I was just told." He wasn't even didn't even seem upset about. It. He's like. I was just told to keep my mouth shut about it, but now, you know, that's not what, that's not the stuff I found. You know, that was a balloon that they've just wheeled out from the shelf of a somewhere. And it's, you know, just, it's garbage. I think we all need to acknowledge that I'm, I'm calling bullshit on the weather balloon thing. I didn't, I didn't know before, but you know, Oh, on the on this thing, yeah, it's a weird thing. But he also made the statement. He said, "Of course, we both knew different." Yeah. With with him and the general, and then the weather duty officer came in and said, "Yeah, it's definitely um, yeah, weather, well, weather balloon material." And and Marcel is a dummy. Yeah, and at that point, you're feeling like, oh well, you know, I'm just well, you, you know, I'm you're an officer in the military, and you know, he's a major, and it's. You're thinking, well, I'm just do, you know, I got to keep my. I, he didn't do anything wrong. I, but what he did wrong was he shouldn't have released the information to the press. I mean, that, that's he had been authorized to do that by the the base commander. The base commander. He did, it's yeah. not like he just got up there and yeah. said, "I'm going to do this." I don't know whatever happened uh, to that guy because he's the one probably that should have something should have happened to. But yeah, based on what they were trying to cover up, they they well know. they were they ran with what they thought was the right thing to do and then people in in dc and higher ups at the air force just you know said wait well, a minute never, wait a minute we've never we've yeah. never experienced this before that i know of you know so they didn't know how there's no protocol you just no, report it, no. you know no but to send it to the it's interesting that he went right to the press i mean like he wanted to make a name for himself or something well he you know, he is, was the he was what was his job? He was the press officer, wasn't he? Intelligence yeah, officer. Not, I'm, I'm not blaming him. I'm blaming this. Yeah, basically. and he he and had he cleared it. He, it was cleared, and probably probably even told by his superior, do a press release on this, and that that's why he did it. And then the blowback always goes to the low man on the totem pole. 
So the blowback yeah. is on him. It's not going to be on his boss. We we know how that works. It's yes, um, we do. <laughs> so the um, the other thing was that so, there was Thomas Dubose, a brigadier general, one of the guys that uh, one of the commentators on this show said he did an interview with the guy, and he was Ramy's chief of staff. And he said that the balloon was just a cover story. For... Yep. He confirmed it in his 90s. He was in his 90s when they interviewed him. And he he got the thumbs up by the lie detector test, too, that he was telling the truth. Well, the, the, Air, Force, was cover up. the Air Force reports, the second Roswell, 300-page second Roswell Air Force report, said that it was, um, I don't know, some sort of testing with, with dummies, with crash test dummies or something. So with this guy just saying that the balloon was a cover story, that could apply to the the other Roswell report where they're saying it was some other secret balloon project. So I don't know. I mean, this this stuff is just, it's too... There are a lot of people, I think, that sort of come out of the woodwork to be part of the story that were not part of the story. Like in the last episode, they had the guy who says his, his brother's uncle's cousin's sister's mother was... Um, yeah a secret service agent under Truman and was involved in, in the cover-up. And that sort of thing is, is really... I disregarded that part of it. Yeah, that's, that's, that's really they're iffy. They're stretching. They're yeah. stretching there. But I, I'm calling it that, you know, it, it seems to me that this is... It's just weird that we don't... Every time a UFO comes down, or they just don't come down, I don't know. But... You know, we automatically are able to snatch them up without anybody else getting a good picture of it. It's always in a place where only the military can cordon off the area and we can shut everybody up. We can take it to, if it's not Wright-Patterson Air Force Base, it's somewhere else and study it. But we just can't seem to get any. It's always the, the blurry picture of, you know, we tell how many how many stories have we told of you know craft that are being seen or landed, and we just can't get any good. You know that the Italian or the Alps, the guy, the Italian dude in the Alps. I like that picture. It, although it does look like a toy. It looked um, yeah the yeah the the the, the bean had a <laughs> just like out of a science fiction movie. The bean has this antenna on its head, and so does the UFO. Yeah. It's kind of like, yeah, right okay, out they of... need antennas. To, even today, we got the shark fin thing on top of our cars. We don't even use antennas anymore. The um... It was an old UFO. I don't yeah. know, 1950s. Yeah. It definitely, it definitely looked like a toy. <laughs> the 50s, the... That we used to still have. We still had antennas. Tennis, well, I don't know. Antennas, I mean, antennas have been amazing. around for about 10 years. They sort of phasing them out, I guess. The uh, what did you think of the uh, the enhanced the photograph with uh, General Ramy's Ramy's uh, piece of paper and the words they were able to read from the paper. That, the disc they read yeah. disc. What was the other word? It was um, and the victims of the wreck and in the disc they will ship. Yeah, and they That's also intriguing. They also mentioned that the uh, Dallas FBI office memo which i think is the one where was sent to hoover i've seen it i've read it where they're saying yeah. that there was some sort of ufo thing going on at the time so there is there is actually decent evidence that uh, something unusual happened at roswell but i'm not just glancing through the ufo references that i have for roswell i'm not seeing this this uh private But well, it that however doesn't, that you know that however, and I need he to came about. I need to. Know, I don't know where they scared him up. Yeah, I, <laughs> I need to go back. And there was that one guy that's a commentarian on the uh, show who said he was the one that interviewed uh, the general when he was ninety-one. Thomas yeah. Dubose, Brigadier General, Ramy's chief of staff. So I I want to go and see who that guy is. I didn't see it on IMDb. They don't mention the, the inter, interviewees or the participants yeah. in the list. And uh, let's figure out where, who, and what, who he is, and what the uh, where this stuff comes from. So I have a hope. Hopefully, he's he's written some books, and maybe I even have some of them. I thought it was a 
I thought it was Schmidt that I had written was involved in that, but apparently it's not, or I haven't been able to figure it out. So I haven't been paying attention to the show good enough. But should we talk about the uh, Cosmic Conspiracy yes. Part 6? Um, Omni. Omni. From, in, still 1994. And this one is September. Now, there are more. Why? After this one, there are more Omni issues with UFO stuff in it, and I've, I've managed to get those. And I'm going awesome. to... Um, I have to go through them because they continued this thread of researching UFOs for another six months until the magazine folded. Something I always liked about Omni and the, this one as well is the illustration. Yeah. It's badass. Yeah. I don't know if they have the same person that does it or. They I have, mean, it's just. just <laughs> yeah, I included the. so badass. I'd love to have that. I've, in, I've included the. When I sent yeah. you the, the thing, I included yeah. the artwork. Love it's, that. Uh, and every every episode had that. I think I liked the pictures more than oh, every, some of the articles. They all had them. The art design yeah. for the magazine was was it's better than know. anything you you see today. It was great. Uh, who reads ma- who reads magazines? I don't read. So anyway, yeah. um, you didn't like this one. I didn't okay. like this one. Yeah, you uh, said you didn't like the story. Uh, I mean, oh, was the that- the guy they focused on, Glenn Campbell, was not that. Um, there wasn't really a lot of information. Glenn it's Campbell. the Glenn Campbell. They're mostly talking about um, over the county. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. This guy Not is. This guy is. Uh, he was like moved out to Area Fifty One and uh, yeah. became Mister Area Fifty One. Lake. He's still around. He has a website, and he did this for um, a decade or something. And but, he's the unofficial ambassador or something, but he not anymore. He, he does do he, not anymore. He's he's gone. He's yeah, like, he did. But he, he, what did he do? Tours or something up into the? He wrote a know. guidebook and he would sell merchandise and he would lead tours of people to go look. They'd go up over the airfield where you could go to points where you could look at the airfield, and he yeah. mapped out. He mapped out where the magnetic sensors were and um. Basically, he was a, a tour guide, and he, he made his uh, sort of career, his career for a while was doing this in the 90s, at least, uh, maybe even to, into the aughts of being the yeah. Mr. Area 51. But he never really saw any. Well, he, at one time he saw this bus. Was he the one that had a... No, he didn't that, see that. That was somebody else, else and that was just... Um, one of those bus, one, yeah bus, and then they were then they were abducted into the bus looking yeah UFO that's and, one of those things you know they had the alien named quaylar camo <laughs> i don't dudes. know i'm not see i'm not a big i'm not a big proponent of the abduction stuff yeah i am so, not either but that may change you know, once i look into it more often once, yeah we just haven't barney and betty hill again i know i've said this hundred times that's intriguing you know so anyway, we won't. Well, yeah, we won't go stray away too far from the story. But at this point, I but think I don't. I think Area Fifty One is just a distraction. But they did have some good information in this. Um, well, he said you hike. You can hike in Groom Lake, Area Fifty One, Dreamland, or simply the ranch. Uh, he said, "Oh, people used to say that they would see these um, UFO every morning at four fifty, at four fifty a.m." And then this guy, Glenn Campbell, actually figured out that it was, um, it was the, the Janet flight, the Janet flight, bringing people in yeah. to work at the site. They talk about Bob Lazar, and then they talk about white sides where they go. There's signs that say that they're authorized to use deadly force if you and trespass onto the, the land of Area 51, which is like uh, Dugway, Utah, where they. Where you saw something which was saying that it's the new Area 51. Yeah, and I heard a reference to it a couple weeks ago, and so I looked it up. And in Dugway's, and you were there. Yeah. Oh, you were there a month? Month, probably, yeah. A month. You never, did you like wander around? Not but too much. I was sort of confined to uh, an area, but I could wander around in the area I was in, but it's probably not more than a mile square. Yeah, but I was, eight, I was out, I slept out in the open for a month. Out in, oh really yeah didn't see anything uh, no. aliens or nope. flying saucers nope didn't see anything i slept in the uh i you know the old uh tents 
now they have like yeah. uh, the new tents that the military uses are like air conditioned palaces. You, <laughs> yeah, you not like when we were in <laughs> when I was yeah. a child. Um, they're um, they're the old canvas tents, and um, I hated those things. So yeah, I wouldn't. I wouldn't. They smelled and they're dark and it's moldy, moldy. And (laughs) so I, uh, I slept out of the old days. Yeah. I, I, (laughs) I slept outside of the tent on the hillside and pulled my cot out there. And I just slept out there and had a folding chair that I put my boots on because there was a lot of scorpions. Yeah. Yeah, I was in Forder when I slept on top of a deuce and a half on the canvas. Yeah. Because I don't like scorpions and snakes. We were on pallets. Yeah. Well, you know, yeah, yeah, they're just gonna go on those pallets. Yeah, I just, I, I didn't like sleeping in the tent, so I slept in the, in the, uh, um, a cot, yeah. and then I just had a chair to throw my boots on. So I still checked them in every morning to make sure there was nothing in them. Yeah, but I put those on a, on a chair, and the first sergeant uh, would come around every morning at like five a.m. and go, "Get up," and wake me up. Yeah, and, yeah. So because he knew that I was out, I was the guy that was out behind the tent sleeping on a cot. So he, he. When he made his rounds to get everyone up in the morning, he'd come by and go, "Get up, yeah. so get, get up. everybody up, get up, everybody up, get up." So, well, it was it's eight hundred Dugway's eight hundred thousand acres. It's the side of of Rhode Island. I didn't it's, know. It's that. a so it's, it's a big huge. place. It's huge. I mean, it's spread out. I did a Google Earth on it. Uh huh. You know, looked at. There's several intriguing areas. You can't tell what they are, what they're used for. Or Do they blur them, or are they you know, are they are they unblurred? Yeah, they're not really. Nothing's really blurred out. I mean, I didn't see the whole eight hundred thousand acres. I imagine there could be an area somewhere that they're doing something weird. But well, when I was there, when I had to go out to the location that I was at, you'd had to stop at a gate, and there was a. Uh, I guess it was a guard shack. I'm not sure what it was. It was some sort of facility with like multiple layers of fencing. And um, I don't think it was a guard shack. It was some sort of facility. It had like two or three layers of fencing and it had signs up that um, said uh, deadly force was authorized beyond this point. And then the gate, then you had to be, you had to be passed through the gate to enter the, the proving ground, but you had to stop at this, this facility for them to let you through the gate. And then the facility itself had at least two and maybe three fences around it. And then a big sign that when you're sitting there in your, your truck or Jeep or whatever, and when they used to have Jeeps, um, you had this big sign in your face saying, Be- deadly force is authorized beyond this point. Um, I'll go in there. But other yeah. than that, I saw a um, uh, one of the first cruise missile tests out there when I was there. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah, they had to evacuate us and went up to a, uh, they had grandstands for grandees. So they're like congressmen and senators and yeah. bigwigs and stuff. <clears throat> and um, we were, um, truck came in and uh, full of M- MREs. And we were, um, we were, we were told to hand out MREs to the, to the uh, bigwigs. So it's like, meal, yeah, meal, meals ready to eat. Yeah, that's right. And I was like, <laughs> and all the boxes were tied with wire and everybody's like looking around going, are tied with wire. We don't know what to do. And yeah. I always carried a, a, a hunting knife. And so I just pulled out my hunting knife and started snapping the wire on the boxes. Yeah. And uh, people were like, did you get, what was the date on those? Did you look? Uh, I don't know. I I can't World remember. War II, World I, War II and shit. I don't think they were that old. Did they but, have cigarettes in them? <laughs> no, no, they didn't. <laughs> yeah, that would have been. I think cigarettes weren't at that point. I can't even remember uh, a, a lot about what exactly, but I just know that we were told to hand them out to the to the big wings, yeah. and they loved them. They just, I don't know if that they uh, they just thought felt it was yeah. a great. This was their lunch for the the launch, and they just they just loved the novelty of getting MREs out in the middle of nowhere with a grandstand, and then the cruise missile yeah. came by followed by a couple chase jets and everybody really? clapped, you know, and the cruise missile goes by. And then like a half hour later, the cruise missile came back followed by two jets and everybody clapped. And then the, the thing was over and they got on their buses and went back to wherever they came from. So it turns around and like made a U-turn. It, I thought it the... follows a course. It was doing a map 
map of the earth they'd set it on some course and it was doing a you know at least a half hour it wasn't moving very fast how high up was it 500 feet maybe oh shit that's yeah. pretty low it's a cruise missile oh, that's wow. what they're designed to do and then they had a couple chase jets just cruising along next to it it just cruised wow. through and through and then a little while later it came back and then that was it it was over everybody got in their yeah. buses and we were were sent back to go back to work at our uh, missile site so yeah eight eight hundred thousand acres they probably didn't even leave the uh reservation no no yeah i mean probably just and then what is it just crashed somewhere it doesn't land i had no so idea just, i had no idea what just, happened to and it. Then it just what's happened to it after it leaves here i don't know just so, like runs out of gas yeah we were <laughs> we were supposed to shoot a bunch of drones down but we only got one missile off which was ridiculous and then the system the whole the missile system went down and then they couldn't fix it for some reason, even though they had all the, I, I don't know. It's just crazy. Crazy. And the technicians went on to work at Artemis. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. It's like one now missile, but I was Artemis out there. Yeah. But I was out there for a month and it's like, you know, it was yeah. nice. I actually liked it. It was a good month. Did you have to stay in the field the whole time? I did. Yeah. I was in the field the whole time. I didn't have to. Um, but um, I went back and got cleaned up one day, and um, um, they put me on on a bunch of guard duty. I was like, and it was supposed to be my t my break from the field. I'd been out there for like two or three weeks, and um, and I just said, "Fuck it, I'm just going back." You know, I mean, it was just, I, you know, how people they can they're just just mindless idiots, and it's like. Yeah. The guy, yeah, I'm out in the field for two or three weeks, and then they like, okay, we, um, he hasn't done any guard duty. Let's put him on guard duty. I've been, <laughs> I've been out in the middle of nowhere for two weeks, dude. I just want to, I want to sleep in a shitty bunk bed and eat a hot yeah. meal, motherfuckers. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my god. No, no. And I said I took a shower, I ate, and I said, okay, I'm going back out. I had a hot meal, and then I just said I'm going back out. So yeah um interesting yeah so this anything else on the uh cosmic conspiracy uh that... so the guy went out there and so glenn campbell was like an expert on it they talk about uh oh this was interesting so lazar's credibility has recently taken a nosedive even with ufo insiders knapp now senior vice president of the altamira communications group this is 1994 an independent video production company notes that stories of captured and or acquired alien technology have circulated in areas since the, the 50s and the very and the very um since the mid 50s and the very beginning of the base his best source among the 14 he has interviewed to date is a member of a prominent nevada family who will not allow his name to be used although he has supposedly videotaped a deposition to be given to Knapp upon his death. So this, this should be interesting. Well, this is like 20, 30, almost 30 years ago. According to is Knapp. He's not dead yet? Yeah, he's not <laughs> dead yet. Not dead yet. According to uh, Knapp, his source occupied a position of senior management at Groom Lake during the late 50s and 60s. Ah, that would be actually cool if that happens. Yep. That would be something to definitely ask uh, George Knapp. Actually, I'm going to make a note of that. So if I ever get a chance to talk to him, uh, what else they have? Stories alleged alien involvement. And they talk about the people with the with the bus, and then uh, Campbell says he's never seen anything like that. We need to go out there. We're supposed to do that. To be on the tour. We're supposed to do yeah. Supposed to yeah, do that. Tour. Then they talk about Aurora. That was. A craft out there but then they had that latest thing where they had that picture in the daily mail where they think that might have been an aurora spacecraft or yeah. aurora advanced fighter or whatever it is yeah uh, they talk about the uh, pentagon's black budget at the time was 14.3 billion i looked it up the pentagon's black budget now is 51 billion oh wow yeah what are we doing what's well, a lot of money it is a lot of money well it's it's less than we sent to the ukraine well, we just keep printing money. We'll printing be money. Fine. It'll be fine. Um, <laughs> and then they... We'll never run out. 
then they talk to some congressman who who I don't even know who he is or if he's still around. A Democratic congressman from Las Vegas on the House Armed Services Committee and Select Committee on Intelligence, and he is saying, uh, whatever, a waste of time, it's nonsense. And then he goes, this is at the end of the Cold War, he goes, the world is a more, not less, dangerous place now that the old systems of checks and balances between the two superpowers has seriously broken down. Interesting, interesting. So is the world more or less dangerous now? Well, more, and you saw the alien interview that I, I sent you. Yeah, like, I the the naked alien interview. Give him a <laughs> shirt. Come on. Give the guy a shirt. So he doesn't care. He doesn't have any genitalia. He's <sighs> just getting interviewed. He said he was from the, he, he's corroborated my, <laughs> my thought of my, my, my uh, theory that we are the aliens from thousands, hundreds of thousands of years in the future. And that nuclear, we're going to make a note of what he said, even though he looks kind of fake, um, that he um, said that nuclear war happened and that all the records were destroyed. It must have been a really bad one if all the records were destroyed. Um, and that mm. they come back in time to observe, um, you know, the past and in the history of the earth. So it's... Well, the... the problem now is all information is being digitized so if there's something that that compromises electronic systems you're going to lose everything it's not yeah. like um and everybody I, paper we will everybody paperless is the you know yeah and it, it's is the, the rule of the day we don't want paper paperless everybody wants no paper save a and, save a tree save a tree dude well it's true you know yeah it's true save a tree save but a it's tree. like you know, if you're right, though, if something and part of nuclear war is that, you know, the the, the it will destroy a lot of the electronics and, and you lose you lose all the information. I got a book here that's this one's probably 100 years old. I got a couple that are are at least 100 years old sitting around. It's still readable, but I don't know. You're going to be able to read a uh, computer um, solid state drive 100 years from now. Pull it from your computer and read it. You might, might not. Yeah, yeah so. it's hard to say. I mean, we don't know. We we don't know what the life is. I mean, it should be, seems it's plastic or metal. It should be able to stay around. But the thing that reads it might not be around, <laughs> you know? Yeah, it, that's it, an issue. That's a that's a big issue is, is having the, there's people that are, have, oh, I think it was the NASA they in um, Australia, they found the original video disc of the the moon moon landing. Oh, really? And yeah, I think it was in Alaska. It was recorded at the one of the satellite stations or something like that. So these original discs. So what everybody sees from the original moon launch is those real crappy videos that were put on TV, and that yeah. was because people were. It was recorded from the television or the rebroadcast or whatever. And they have clearer video footage than that. And they found, somebody found the original disc, I think in Australia. And then what they had to do is they, they I think they had to go to the Smithsonian and actually get the equipment, which was, you know, in the Smithsonian yeah. because it's like archaic yeah. equipment, but they had to hunt around to get the equipment to actually be able to play this media. And that's a, uh, that's a concern, especially as you, as you move forward. Although things have gotten a lot more standardized with computerized stuff. And it's a lot easier to read. Uh, I, I think that's a problem that's diminishing with time. So as before, like I have um, my junk computer junk box. I have uh, these big disc, I don't know, I can't remember the zip drive with these big yeah. discs that were supposed to hold, I don't know, a megabyte or something, 500 or whatever. I don't even know what they hold anymore. And I was digging through that or even the floppy disc, not the floppy, but the little um, hard floppies. You remember those, those little disc yeah. things. I mean, I have a drive. Yeah. I was looking through the junk box and I have a drive for one of those. So, I mean, everything that I w wrote when I was in grad school was on those, on those floppies. So, so what's a 
nuclear electromagnetic pulse going to do to all this shit? And you know, uh, I don't know. Probably fry them. I think it'll it yeah. it might so, actually uh, doesn't take a lot to destroy those discs. So, so the alien could technically be right. Yeah, you I'm know, sure. I believe it was destroyed. He, I, he seemed believable. He was kind of scary, though. I want to give him a shirt and a cup of soup. <laughs> cup of soup. Yeah. Do you want and something? A cup of eat? noodles. You want a cup you of noodles? Something? You hungry? You guys. You want to? You well, need you, to eat something. You want? Well, to... then the interviewer said, asked what life was like in the future. He says it's incomprehensible to us to even understand the what life is in the future. Well, our, our current age is incomprehensible compared to. 20, 30 yeah. years ago with all the crazy nonsense that's that's going on. Yeah. 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 It's pretty nuts. Yeah. Absolutely. It's just like, yeah. let's make it worse. So we're yeah. at an hour. Oh, except right. for a couple minutes. We're probably fine. I mean, you froze for a few minutes. Okay. And then, then, yeah. I think we then we had to restart. So we may have a little hiccup there. But There'll I be a little hiccup. Hit. And I, I got this recently. I got a moon map. And what, oh. and what I want to talk about is I want to talk about at some point, I have to look at it. I want to talk about where they're going to planning on, on, um, sending the Artemis missions, which I think would be interesting. They talked about that yet. They sent they out, a, they sent out, NASA sent out a press release saying where they, uh, for the locations for the early, uh, landings. And I think it's going to be like in, uh, for all mankind, I think it's going to be at the Southern pole. Look for water. Yeah. So there, um, there's Artemis is going to look for water, which is critical. Yeah. So, so well, cool. you can make hydrogen, you can make hydrogen and move to other places, hydrogen, oxygen. Yeah, water. And then in, uh, for all mankind, they talk about, um, hydrogen three. And I've been reading a book on the moon. And apparently hydrogen three accumulates on the surface of the moon and it's a potentially mineable resource. And they think that it could be used for, um, be a viable and plentiful fuel for fusion reactors. And they, they, they run with that in the TV show for all mankind, but they don't explain a lot of it. So it's like the one character in the show has developed the hydrogen three fusion reactor. And the reason, big reason we're on the moon is to harvest H3 in order to use it for fuel, for fusion reactors on earth. And there was like riots for, or I don't know, protests against by, um, oil field workers and coal miners or something like that because of, uh, they were out of jobs because of hydrogen three fusion reactions. Begs the question. I mean, maybe that's a more viable fuel. That's why we're using hydrogen rockets instead of what Musk is using. We can't get the propellant for his stuff just anywhere, right? His stuff is, is liquid, liquid methane. Nothing. Well, yeah, suck it be. out of the ground. Um, is it come out of the ground or yeah. cows' yeah. asses? Or they get it from the cows. It? They get it from the cows. That's that's. But you're on the moon, okay? We're talking about being on the moon. You got a cow. On you only need. Planet. You only yeah. need one cow. <laughs> to get enough methane they're, they're destroying rocket ship they're destroying the planet you need only need one cow it will, it, will it sounds well you can make anywhere there's trip. water you can make hydrogen right yes water Your, water will get yeah. you fuel and that's probably a big component and factor yeah. of the idea of, between maintaining the um um rocket systems with the hydrogen maybe that's a there yeah. might be it might be a forward-looking um I yeah. have to cough. Component. Forward-looking component, yeah. So it may make sense a few years down the road. Um, Musk uses methane. There's no methane on the, on the moon. But there is methane on other planets. Was it Venus or one of them has a big... Uh, a lot of the moons of, of Jupiter, Saturn, probably. Yeah. There's a lot of methane. It's very common, I think. A lot of these hydrocarbons, they yeah. thought... Water, they thought car water was very rare. And in the early Apollo missions, they didn't detect water or a lot of water. Yeah. But there was a probe that they crashed onto the moon and then flew a, um, they crashed something onto the moon and then flew a probe through the debris that was shot up and they measured the water content of the debris. And I think it was like 6%. So there's, there's 
water on the moon. It's probably plenty of water on the moon. And there's definitely water on Mars. So water is is water will be used for a fuel for space exploration, definitely. So Yes. Anyway. All right, ready to wrap it up? Yeah, I'll wrap it up. Thanks for listening to the latest episode of the Alien Probe Podcast. We welcome comments, questions, or requests to alienprobepodcast at gmail.com. Visit us, on, visit us on Facebook. Check out our website, alienprobe.net. Twitter and Instagram at alienprobepod. We are on all podcast platforms. You can hear us, listen, go to and from work, school, play, whatever. You can find us at the Alien Probe Podcast and check us out on YouTube. Like and subscribe. Smash that like button. Thanks to our senior producer, Robert Anthony, and of course, Dr. Bill. Hey. See you next time. See you next week. And watch the skies, everybody. Yeah, watch the skies. Don't forget. Yes.